Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for coming out today. The Russia-Ukraine war is a catastrophe. There's a very real risk that the war could grow out of control into a major power conflict between NATO and Russia, a war which could kill billions of people. We demand a ceasefire and negotiations now. And yes, this war was provoked. That's the title of the book I'm working on now. It's 540 pages so far, and that's the abridged version. Here's the even shorter version. Bush Sr. made a promise at the end of the Cold War not to extend the NATO military alliance east into the former Warsaw Pact states, but he was lying. It was a promise that was made to be broken. When Bill Clinton came in, he inflicted a policy called shock therapy on the Russian economy, which absolutely destroyed it and led to the deaths of millions, literally millions of excess deaths in the 1990s. He also rigged the election of 1996 to prevent the people of Russia from throwing out Boris Yeltsin, who had helped the Americans to inflict this policy on them. He also backed bin Laden's Mujahideen in Bosnia, Kosovo, and Chechnya. And he expanded NATO in 1999, bringing in Hungary, Poland, and the Czech Republic. The great Ron Paul, Congressman from Texas at the time warned that this would not ex this would not strengthen NATO, but weaken it by provoking right-wing nationalist ethnic backlash against the new order in Europe. W. Bush sponsored color-coded revolutions in Georgia, Ukraine, and Kyrgyzstan. Thank you. He brought nine more nations into NATO. And in 2008, at Bucharest, promised to bring Ukraine and Georgia into America's military alliance as well. He also tore up the anti-ballistic missile treaty and installed Mark 41 missile launchers in Romania and Poland, which are dual-use launchers that can hold Tomahawk cruise missiles, which can be tipped with hydrogen bombs, violating the spirit of the INF treaty. Barack Obama did a lot of things, but the worst thing that he did was he overthrew the government of Ukraine for the second time in 10 years in 2014 in the phony Maidan revolution, which was really a coup accomplished by no fooling Hitler-loving Nazis on the ground. Now, Donald Trump came in and was falsely accused of being a pro-Russian traitor. So what did he do? He poured hundreds of millions of dollars worth of arms into Ukraine to prove that it wasn't so. He sent more trainers and added more sanctions on Russia. And whether he was in on it or not, his government tried to overthrow the government of Belarus in 2020. 
He also increased naval exercises in the Black and Baltic and Oshtok Seas and Air Force exercises over Europe. He also, on his way out, Donald Trump tore up Ronald Reagan's great achievement, the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty of 1987, and George Bush Sr.'s great achievement, the Open Skies Treaty of 1992. Joe Biden has been bad on every bit of this the whole time. As a United States Senator, as Vice President, where he oversaw the 2014 coup, and as President of the United States, where he spent his first year in office, 2021, pouring more arms into Ukraine, reiterating promises to bring them into the NATO alliance, and, and increasing military interoperability between their military and ours, making them essentially a de facto member of NATO. Now, the Biden administration told the media that they were carefully calibrating the amount of weapons that they were pouring into Ukraine in order to deter Russia from attacking without provoking them into doing so. Now, either they're really terrible at, at calibration and deciding uh, just how many weapons to pour in to prevent a war, or they were lying about that and they were trying to cause a war. And even though that might sound a little conspiratorial, there's very good reason to think so. It's clear that in the run-up to the war, the Biden administration refused to engage in any real diplomacy to prevent it from happening. And uh, not only that, interfered with peace talks in March and April of last year, which could have brought an early end to the war. Still, this war was not inevitable. Vladimir Putin and his men obviously have their share in the responsibility here. However, the U.S. did so much to cause this war and prevent earlier talks to end it, they must be made to seek compromise now. The former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mike Mullen, and the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, have both said that it's time for Ukraine to quit this war while they're behind before they get too much further behind. Officials told the Washington Post two months ago that they understand Ukraine cannot win this war. They just want to prolong it a little bit longer before the peace talks. Well, that's just not good enough. They cannot win. They should be talking to end the war now. Now, some of you might be familiar with a study from 2019 put out by the RAND Corporation. It was called Extending Russia, Overextending Russia. It was all about how to provoke Russia into expensive new commitments in Syria, in Central Asia, and including in Ukraine. But the point I want to bring up to you from that RAND study that was pleasantly surprising to me was how often they bring up the importance of public opinion in that study. 
Well, we would like to do X, but the people of Germany are against it. We'd like to do Y, but the people of France won't stand for it. We think we'd like to push this far, but public opinion polls in America say that the people will not tolerate it. You might not have thought that they cared about what we thought at all, but they do. They know that we have the power to make them stop. So it is up to us, the American people. Our government is risking a nuclear war over a country they're not even willing, so far, to deploy ground troops to. It's madness. We, the people, demand talks. Negotiate now. End this war. Thank you.